What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Walk It Out Student Podcast. My name is Jonah Norman, and I'm the Student Ministries Pastor with Christ Walk International Ministries. If you're tired of the fake and ready for the real, let's learn how to walk out the Christian faith on our podcast today. All right, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of the Walk It Out Student Podcast. Um, I know that it's been a while since we've done a podcast. We've been all over the place. We've been doing mission trips. We've been um, on uh, some different ministry fairs and things that we've done at the church, and so we've just been really busy. and And um, I should have probably made time, but it was just really difficult for me uh, for the last little while. So here we are. We're back. Uh, ready to do this thing, and I'm excited to share with you. Um, God's really laid something on my heart that is both for um, me personally and for, I feel like, really the body of Christ, but our youth has really been just devouring this word and enjoying it, um, and we're, we're going to do a continuation of it uh, Wednesday night. And so this is the first part, um, and we're just talking about prophetic love and how, how we love people can lead them into the calling that God has on them. You know, I think that it is... It's probably the greatest tragedy to me that somebody would choose to live without, you know, a God who said he couldn't live without them. You know, he created us. He chose us. It's not a mistake that we're here. Even if the earthly circumstances of your creation may seem like a mistake to you or to to your parents or to whoever, maybe you, you know, don't live with your birth parents or whatever, I can promise you that your creation is not a mistake in God's eyes. He chose you to be here. And so the fact that there are people who can choose to live without him breaks my heart. But that doesn't give me the right to dog that person and to see that person as lesser than. And I think that's a real mistake the church makes. Instead of reaching the lost, we begin to view the lost as less than us so then we don't have time for them anymore. And that's such a dangerous place to be. You know, we have permission as Christians to stop loving the moment Jesus stops loving. And if you know anything about Jesus, you know that's never going to happen. And so we have to take special care to be intentional about how we love people. See, it's, it's, it's so important that we understand not only the value in them, but the value in us. We understand that the same God who spoke everything into existence, who said, let there be light and there was light, that same God gives the same love and care to everybody. And that should be how we view people as well. You know, understanding how he loves us should raise our level of value for ourselves, but it should also raise the way we value others. You know, I think I said this to our youth when I was talking about this. And, you know, if I made like a racist or a sexist statement, you know, it would anger a lot of people, especially on a podcast. You get a lot of feedback. You get a lot of hate mail, you know, if you make a, a very sexist or a very racist comment. And the reason is because, you know, humanity, we value groups of people holistically. But a lot of times we've lost value individually. So we, we value people groups, but when it comes to individual conversations and individual interactions, we allow ourselves to devalue people based off of what we see in them. And I never once see Jesus do that. See, there's a difference in me loving what Jesus does and loving who Jesus is. But the main difference that I can see that I think is identifiable in like the way we live our lives is that when I love what Jesus does, I want to serve him so he does more. 
And when I love who Jesus is, I want to be like him so I can serve more effectively. And the problem is, once I fall in love with what Jesus does, I view people who don't do what Jesus does as lesser than me. Not even that I'm doing everything Jesus does, but I give myself permission to see people who are around me that don't benefit me as less than. And that is it's so crazy to me that people who claim to love Jesus could not love like Jesus. And I, but I, I see it all the time, and I've been guilty of it myself, but it's just such a dangerous way to walk and to live, to supposedly be a mirror of Jesus to the world, but yet all I am is somebody who wants to soak up what Jesus can do for me, but I never share that with anybody else. So then what ends up happening is when I do not view the same characteristics in like in, in you, that I saw in me, that, that I wish I saw in me because I see them in Jesus, then I decide it's okay to treat you as less than Jesus would treat you. But what I really feel like we have to do is we have to create a culture that holds each other accountable and decides how we treat others based off of what we know God says they can be in order to lead them into their gifting. Not a culture that holds them accountable based off of what they used to be or maybe even what they currently are and leads them into guilt. People don't need us to introduce guilt. That's not our calling. Never, ever, ever are we called to guilt people into loving Jesus or to guilt people into not living the life that they live. People don't need us to introduce guilt. We're supposed to let the Holy Spirit convict them. All we need to do is love, honor, and lead them to Jesus. See, honor is when we can celebrate who someone is without stumbling over who they're not. But instead... What a lot of us do is we don't love like Jesus. We create a case in our mind of why it's okay for us to not love them. Somebody wrongs us and we immediately begin to figure in our mind of why it's okay for us to not love them or why we can justify treating them the way we want to treat them. The Bible never says treat somebody however you want to treat them. It says treat them how you would want them to treat you. But a lot of times the moment they treat us poorly, we justify treating them poorly in return. And I, just simply that kind of treatment is what rips churches apart. That kind of treatment is what rips families apart. It's what, it's what makes the church so unappealable to people who are outside. It's what makes there nothing about the church that looks good to somebody outside because all they see is people who backstab and don't love and don't treat others the way they want to be treated, don't love like Jesus. Jesus lived a life that made people flock to him. And I'm just... I wonder how often people flock to our churches because of the way we love. And another dangerous thing, you know, in in this whole learning how to love and learning how to treat people the way Jesus did is this. You know, people love to vent. We love to talk about somebody else to our friends. We love to call our best friend or our mom or our sister or our brother or whoever. And we love to tell about the people that have hurt our feelings. But what that does is that creates a lens that that person is going to now see the individual that we're talking about through. It's, this happens especially with leadership or like your parents. And I see this with dating relationships, right? There's a young girl who lives in a house with her parents and her parents are just being parents a lot of times. But that girl views it as they're being mean or oppressive or whatever it is. And so then she starts to vent to her boyfriend. She starts to vent to her best friend. And then those individuals then begin to think it's okay to disrespect that girl's parents because of the way she talks about them. And we have to stop doing this. This happens as adults too. Adults all the time. We call one another and we talk about or complain about somebody. 
And then that person never wants to meet the person we're complaining about or never wants to learn for, or even our pastor. They never want to be ministered to by our pastor because all we do is complain about our pastor to them. That's not going to build the body of Christ. And so what I, what I wanted to do is look at the Bible and see how Jesus handled these situations, right? So here's what Jesus did. When Jesus was with his disciples before he was going to be crucified, he was having the, what we call the Last Supper with them. He knew that Judas was going to betray him. He knew that some of the other disciples were going to deny him. He knew Peter would publicly deny him three times. He knew that was going to happen. But he still chose to sit down and to have a meal with them and to eat with them. So Jesus feeds Judas after he tells John that Judas is going to be the one that kills him. But he doesn't expose Judas to everyone. What, what Jesus is doing um, in John 13, this is 21 through 38, what he's doing is he's showing John how we should love everybody. It doesn't matter what I know about them. It doesn't matter how they treat me. I'm going to love them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them of myself. What Jesus does is he takes the bread and he dips it in the wine. He feeds Judas first. What he's showing John is that, look, my body and my blood are still broken and shed for those that mistreat me. And in the same way, I have to understand that Jesus' blood still covers people that don't treat me the way I want them to treat me. But at the end of the day, it's not about how I want them to treat me. It's about how I can love them like Jesus and eventually love them to Jesus. See, we've lost such, we've lost sight of what love looks like. I, the most overused word, and I know this is said a lot, but the most overused word in the English dictionary is love. We, we always want to talk about love. Well, I just love you. You know, I know we've been dating for two days, but I love you. I know we're in third grade, but I love you. And, you know, I know that, you know, this, this, or I love ice cream. And, I, you know, just we see all these things that we love, but we don't really love. Because we love things, and we love things that please us. But love really comes down to, I don't care what you do to me, I'm going to treat you this way. I'm going to treat you the way Jesus would. You know, Jesus loved me. Jesus loves me continually, regardless of the way that I have treated him, regardless of my sins, regardless of, of my shortcomings. Jesus loves me continually. And that's the important thing. And that's the life I have to live after. And that's the life I have to lead. So I'm going to read a, just a, a chunk of scripture here. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 11 says this. If I were to speak with eloquence in earth's many languages and in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I didn't express myself with love, my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. And if I were to have a gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge, and if I have the greatest gift of faith that can move mountains, but I've never learned to love, then I'm nothing. And if I were to be so generous as to give away everything I own to feed the poor, and to offer my body to be burned as a martyr without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not deal in the shame and disrespect or selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. I don't see those characteristics 
in a lot of the church. I don't see those characteristics in my life a lot of times. And I'm, I'm in a, I'm in an honest pursuit and, and trying to show people that and trying to, to be very genuine in the way that I treat people, not to talk about people. And, and it's difficult. It's not easy, but until I can line my life up with what that just said, I'm not, I'm not fruitfully showing love in my life. And if I'm not loving, then I'm not living like Jesus and I'm not able to identify myself with Jesus. It said, Jesus said, they'll know you're my disciples by the way you love one another. And that's a calling that we have on our life. If we want to be his disciples, we have to love one another. If we want to love one another, we have to love like this. But something that was very interesting to me in the last verse, the way that Paul ends this whole uh, paragraph on love is he says this, when I was a child, I spoke about childish matters, for I saw things like a child and reasoned like a child. But the day came when I matured and I set aside my childish ways. It was so odd to me at first that he throws that in there at the end of this exposition on love. But what that showed me is this. It tells me that to not love like that is childish, immature, and unintelligent. And this is the bottom line. We're supposed to love like Christ first loved us, not justify our offense because we've been hurt. Uh, You know, you've heard it say a lot of times, hurt people, hurt people. And I believe that hurt people are incapable of loving because what they see is they don't see through Jesus's eyes. They see through the lens of their own offense, their own pain, their own hurt, their own injustice, and they can't move past what they feel like somebody's done to them in order to give of what God's already done for them. And I, I just, I have such a burden for us to move past that as a body of Christ, for us to begin to actually look like Jesus on the inside and the way we love people and the way we treat people. Redeeming love is the answer to every problem. Redeeming love is the answer to war. It's the answer to divorce. It's the answer to abuse. It's the answer to injustice. If we can love with the redeeming love of Christ, All of the problems we encounter will go away. But we're such a self-centered world that all we care about is us. Even in the church. And even the church has become so perverted that love is not what love really is. And I just wonder, what if we treated everyone according to the prophetic words from God on their life instead of the pathetic actions that we see from their past? You know, I think what we do now is we, we say, well, I know your past, so now I'm going to plan our future relationship off of your past mistakes instead of the future that God has in store for you. You know, I just, I want to leave you with this. You may be the bumper rails, you know, like think about bowling. You may be the bumper rails that God put in somebody's life to assist them in heading towards the prophetic goal he has on them instead of them heading back into a cycle of where they've come out of. Unless we truly can love, then we can't truly be Christians. You know, the word Christian means Christ-like. And if we think about Jesus, then we think about love. He was the epitome. He was the embodiment of love. And if we can't love people into their destiny, if we can't love people like he sees them instead of like they currently are. See, the thing about the beauty of grace is that God sees our sin, but he doesn't identify us by that sin. He identifies us as who we can be and who he created us to be, not the mistakes that we make every day. So he's able to love us from a place of purity instead of loving us from a place of aggravation. 
And I think that's what we're missing in the church today and even in our own personal lives. And, and I think it's some of the problems with self-hate and self-harm and why we view ourselves poorly. And if we can just learn to live and love like Jesus and love people with the kind of prophetic love that sees them where God wants them to be and where he's called them to be, not just where they currently are, then I feel like we're going to see a breakthrough and we're going to see revival break out. And we're going to begin to see people run to the churches. We're going to begin to see people flock to Christians because of the love that they encounter. So I hope you enjoyed this, um, and I look forward to next time on our next Walk It Out podcast. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to check us out on our social media on Facebook at WIO Students, Instagram at Walk It Out Students, or send us an email at WIOINTL at gmail.com.